Let us go right ahead and have a word of prayer this morning as we get to today's message, which is entitled Ambassadors. Somewhere. There it is. All right. Let's go ahead and pray. Most gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. You know, essentially, we could probably pray and, and go home right now. We, we've dedicated a lovely child before you. We, we've had the ability to listen to children's stories and sing and pray. But, Lord, we are here, and, and now that we're going to get to the word, we ask that you pour out your spirit. We never dare open the scriptures. We never dare, you know, present the word without calling upon your spirit. I ask, Lord, that you anoint my lips that it be you speaking and not I, but I also ask that you be with my brothers and sisters in the congregation, that you prepare our hearts and our minds to be receptive to your message. I ask these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So the topic is entitled Ambassadors, and I don't know if you know what ambassadors means. Olga, English is my second language as well. It's actually my third if you count sign language, but... Yeah, it's sign language is just moving with your hands. I, I do that all the time. I'm Hispanic and I think half Italian too. So, you know, it's, 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 it's neither here nor there. But the word ambassador, I had no idea what this really meant, what it entailed. And it really didn't become vivid to me until I, I was put at a position that I really understood what it was. My father, you know, when we lived in Puerto Rico, um, we, we, it, it was, it was back in the 80s and our rent was $15 a month. My dad got paid like $4 an hour, all of those different things. And then he got offered like in 1991 an $11 an hour job in the U.S. So it's like, great, let's do this. Little did we know that then we'll be in a tight one-bedroom apartment paying $700 a month, you know, rather than that old big old house we had in Puerto Rico paying $15 a month. Neither here nor there. It was one of those things. And so anyhow... Um, he went to this company called Broadway Glass, and they do like mirrors, tabletops, windows, storefront doors, and all kinds of things. And so he's there for many years, and I worked there for a little bit when I first came from Puerto Rico in the summers, just sweeping and cleaning up, and and, and, and they, they paid me like $10 a day to, to work, and I was young. But you fast forward years later, um, where now I'm older, and... Um, my dad was telling me how in this place in Camden, there's no, this business, businesses wouldn't go because Camden is one of the worst cities in the U.S. So he said, man, we should really start like a branch there, like, like Broadway part two, Camden edition kind of thing. So I went and I met with his boss. Um, and his old boss that I used to work with back in the 90s, he retired. He gave the business to his son-in-law who married, you know, married his daughter. And he kind of took over the business. But the son-in-law had only been in business for about a year and a half since everything was given to him. He was just an installer. And so I met with him and I said to him, I said, hey, listen, you know, um, let, let's go out to eat. Let's talk because this is the plans. You know, I'm talking to my dad. Where he wanted to maybe start something there. Can we go start a branch? Maybe hire me. And, and train me because I'm not handy at all. You know what I mean? So maybe start me in the back sweeping and stuff. I'll learn how to cut glass and how to put windows and mirrors and tabletops and all of those different things. And I was giving my resume and we're talking about the vision of starting a building in Camden. And then he says to me, he's like, you know, this was just given to me. I've always been an installer. I don't do management. I don't do payroll. I don't do office stuff. I don't do whatever. Um, could we, is it okay if I hire you to be my office manager and I'll go back to the back and continue to work like I used to do when my father-in-law was running the business. 
And I said, sure, because, you know, up to this point, I was already a director of the Y and I had been a director of the Jewish Community Center. So I said, let's do that. So, you know, so what happens is that suddenly I come in and for the next couple of years, I'm the guy running the company. But he was the owner out in the back working in people's homes and measuring and installing windows. And so I was sort of like my daddy's boss for a moment there. Boy, did that felt good for a little bit there. But but seriously, though, you know. That's when I really understood this concept of ambassador. I was running everything. I was even making sure that I designated how much the owner was going to get paid as we were doing that and counting overtime and all of these different things and everything else. But did I own the business? Was any of it mine? Was I really my daddy's boss? I mean, could I tell him something and then his fellow employee who owned the company say something? Who, who do you think has the final say or word on those, those things? I mean, understand that I was entrusted with it, but it did not belong to me at all. The only power that I had was power that had been given to me. The only responsibility that I have, it had been granted to me, and at any moment, it could be taken away. Understand that as an ambassador, you are a representative and you only know how much you can do. Like sometimes when we go make bids in negotiations, okay, up to how much can I go? And so we're, you know, we're barting, we're going back and forth. Actually, I'm going to need to make a call for that one. Why? Because I only have been giving but so much permission up to a particular point to how much they have the liberty to negotiate with. That's what an ambassador is. We see that in the political world. You know, France may send someone or, or Germany or whatever. You know, they're sending an ambassador to represent the powers that be. And so did you know that all of you here are ambassadors of God. Now, how do I know? Come on, if you were here in the Revelation series, you know. Should I guess? Should I speculate? Line up on line, present up and present, hear little and absolutely, absolutely. I don't know if we could do something about these lights for that. I don't know if y'all can see or not. I try to make it as bright and as big as that we could. By the way, little side note, TVs within the next two weeks, they will be up. Okay, yes, they will be up. So what happened was an outside company wanted like four grand to do it. We kind of bought the stuff for like five or six hundred dollars in Amazon. And then church members who are more handy than I am, we're going to get together. But when you're paying zero, you know, we have to wait a little bit. It's okay. We'll, we'll make it happen. But but it's a thirty five hundred dollar savings. And I'm good with that. Now, that being said, back to the sermon. Second Corinthians chapter five, verses 17 through 21. It says as follows. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 21. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself, Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. What ministry have we been giving? The ministry of reconciliation, you know, churches, we, our job is to reconcile people back to the Creator. Many times we go out there, we point our finger, tell people what we're better than they are, and yet we fail to actually bring them into reconciliation with the Creator. Has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19 says, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us... The word of reconciliation, again, has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20, now then, we are what? What does it say? 
ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Verse 21, for he made him, now why? For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I could pray right now and wrap up the message in just that Bible text. Because it says a whole lot of things. From how we are a brand new creation and transformed to what our jobs are while we're here. And the reason why do we carry that out? Because of what God did by sending his son to die for you and for me. And that is the message. The gospel message is plain and simple. Now... Not only are we ambassadors of reconciliation, not only are we ambassadors of the spiritual things, but you know we are also ambassadors of the earthly things. We are entrusted with them. Look what it says here in Proverbs 13, 17. Proverbs 13, 17, it says, A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings health. A faithful ambassador brings health. Then you have Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all of the earth, and over every keeping thing, that thing that creeps on the earth. So does it sound like we're entrusted with something to look over certain things? There's a lot of things that we need to be looking after. Genesis 2.15. Then the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. The Hebrew word there to keep it is to watch or keep guard as well as keep. Where it says may the Lord bless you and keep you is the exact same word. We have to guard and keep watch and protect the earth, the garden, everything that is there. Look at Proverbs 12.10. A righteous man regards the life of his animal, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Even animals we need to look after. This is our responsibility. Numbers, Numbers 35, 33-34. So you shall not pollute the land where you are. Oh, that just came out of this combobulated. You shall not pollute the land where you are. For blood defiles the land, and no atonement can be made for the land. For the blood that is shed is on it, except by the blood of him who shed it. 34. Therefore, do not defile the land which you inhabit, in the midst of which I dwell. For I, the Lord, dwell among the children of Israel. Now, in this text, it's talking about defiling it with blood and spilling blood and defiling the land and polluting the land in this particular sense. But do you think that a God who cares about this and who put Adam in charge of over so many things and gave dominion over all of these things, do you think he will be okay with the littering that we do and the wastefulness that we carry on and the things that we do in this world? I mean, you have to go to other places outside of the U.S. to really see how much we waste here and the things that we do. When I went to Kenya for, for two weeks, a couple of years ago, I had a gallon a day. I was limited, a gallon a day to bathe. And I was a little bit larger then. There was much more surface area to cover, you know. But, but you were limited to what you can use because it was scarce there. 
And then, you know, here sometimes, you know, sometimes I catch my kids, you know, they turn on the hot, the, the hot water waiting for it to get hot. It's running for like 10 minutes. Okay, it's hot enough now. Then they go in and they leave it running while they soap up and do whatever else. I mean, it is, it is crazy how wasteful we can be. Just because you have it doesn't mean that you ought to throw it away. It's interesting. It's interesting. Some of us here have a lot of money. Why don't you go ahead and throw that away? Oh, no, no, because there's value in this. Come on, give it to me. I'll take it. Man, we, we, we could pay the 4Gs and get the TVs up right now. Right? But no, no, no. But because that's valuable to me, then why don't we have value for the things that God have entrusted us with? Come on now. You can't say amen. Say ouch. This is everything. All of the resources that we have, all of the animals. And you know, I'm not trying to tell you that let's all go right ahead. And I don't mean any offense by this, but become all happy, loving hippies and natures and kissing trees and hugging trees or anything like that. I'm not saying that we're going to become fanatics in such a way. But what I'm saying is that we are ambassadors and we have something that has been entrusted to us. And the question is daily, do we take care of what God has entrusted us? Do we take care of what he has placed in our hands? Psalm 24.1 The earth is the Lord and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. Does it sound like anything was left out? Not at all. Everything belongs to him. And so it is our job. And it's the last thing that I'll say about this. But it really is our job to take care of the planet that we're in while we occupy here. Look, those of us who just sat through the Revelation series, you know the signs are there. My God is coming very soon. He is there. Everything the Bible predicted has happened to the T. We know that God is coming soon. The problem is that his timing is slightly different than ours. Remember Noah? The flood is coming. The flood is coming. The flood is coming. And 120 20 years later, the flood came. But for that, all that time, the flood is coming. The flood is coming. So I don't know whether I'm going to get to see Christ in my lifetime before I pass. I believe he's very near based on everything the Bible has predicted. And it has come true. You see, people could deny whether or not there is a God. They could deny whether or not the Bible is inspired. But they cannot deny how old the Bible is. And the fact that everything that it has mentioned there up so up until this point, it has happened. And if that's not a sign of the edification and the inspiration of the scriptures, I don't know what is. From hundreds of years ago, we are seeing it come to life right now very clearly. And I believe that wholeheartedly. However, we're meant to do two things. We're meant to tarry and occupy in this world as though we're going to be here forever physically. Plan your retirements, build your barns, etc. But spiritually, we're meant to live as though today can be our last. Every moment, live it as though it were your last day when it comes spiritually. However, does that mean that we're going to abuse what we live in or are we going to leave something for our children? Are we going to leave a better church? Are we going to leave a better community? Are we going to leave better resources? Understand that right now things have gotten so bad that you can't eat almost, almost everything causes cancer. I mean, it's crazy. And so isn't it our jobs to look after what belongs to the Lord and he has entrusted us as ambassadors to look after that? So keep that in mind. But not only the world, not only the animals, not only the water and the resources and everything else. The Lord has also entrusted us with children. Children are a gift. 
We are to look at after all living things and including our children. Look what it says here. Titus chapter 2, beginning on verse 1. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. Verse 2, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. 3, that the older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers. And I underlined that on my paper because, man, man, yeah, ladies, you know, don't hurt me. I'm just saying, man. So sometimes, woo. Mercy. So you just got to make sure that, that, you know, everything is in love. Not giving too much wine. Apparently the Bible allows a little bit, you know, because you're married to us. But I don't know. Uh, that, that's I'm just kidding. That's not what the Bible says. But teachers of good things. Four. And they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husband, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Understand that in this concept of what it's teaching us here, when it talks about love, I have to point out this word and, and, and write the definition. It, it's um, pilotechnos in the Greek, right here, when it talks about loving, you know, loving your, your husbands and loving your children. And this is what it says. It's in reference to mothers loving their children. This word represents a special kind of mother love. The idea that flows out of the word that is of a caring for our children, nurturing them, affectionately embracing them, meeting their needs, and tenderly befriending each one as a unique gift from the hand of God. You know, I have to tell you that mothers, you are probably, in general, the closest thing that we have. To the love of God for us. There is something about the love of a mother. Let me tell you this. If I was my own kid, I would have given me up a long time ago. My mom, may God, but God bless her soul. You know, when my wife gave son to our, birth to our son the first time and I saw all of the pain, I called my mom. I was like, Mom, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't realize that I was a pain from the beginning. And then all three of us boys, we had big heads. So she had to have like one of those murderous C-sections to, to pull us out. You know, back in the day, now it's all nice and pretty. Back in the day, they would just take an axe at it and just like open wide and try to pull the babies out. You know, it was just like almost attempted murder. And, you know, she went through all of that. And then from there, I was bad. I mean, I was really, I did a lot of things. You know, I, 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 I was sharing, I don't know if it was here. In the other church, but one year I watched in 1988, John claude Van Damme kickboxer, and he was kicking the palm trees, and I thought it was phenomenal, but the, the coconut palms were too hard, so the banana plants were soft. So I went to my, my, my grandma's yard and knocked all of them down, messed up the crop for the next five years. You know, I mean, I, I told you before, I've driven cars and when I was eight and crashed them into trees and stuff like that. And it caught, well, I may have borrowed the cars without keys, but the point is, there were things that I did. And my mom still to this day, we're getting ready to do a trip to Massachusetts in two weeks because my nephew is graduating and we're going to stop by Jersey, but I know what's going to happen. She always does this. Where are you? Are you not speeding, right? What's going on? Be careful. Listen, if you're sleepy, make sure you pull over and go to sleep, okay? Like continually. And like every two or three hours, a text, a phone call. I mean, moms are moms. When you're talking about caring and love, I mean, if my mama put up with me, 
You know, how much more can our God do with us? Doesn't matter how bad you've been. Doesn't matter the mistakes that you made. There's no far gone that you can be that he's not willing to forgive you. That he's not willing to receive you and embrace you with open arms. And he's going to say, like he told the adulterous woman, look, where are those that condemn you and beat you up? I don't beat you up either. Just go ahead and go and don't do it again. You know, I'm not giving you permission to, to leave La Vida Loca. What I'm saying is, I'm not going to beat you up for leaving La Vida Loca, but now cut it out and go right ahead and live your life. It is okay. And so that's how my God works. It works. And mothers are probably the closest thing that we have to that. They, they really do it. You know, parents could just, I mean, fathers, they could have their babies and go, but moms are there. They're caring and they're loving. In general, they're probably the closest thing that we have in human terms. Now, don't get me wrong. Not every mother is a picture perfect of God. And not even the most perfect mother is a picture perfect of God. Because understand that his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And no eye has seen nor ear has heard. I mean, there are things above that we cannot comprehend. But if you want to get a hint, look at my mama. Look at your mama and you know what you put them through. So understand that there is that love there. Now, if you are a godly mother and you recognize that God has entrusted you, there are four things in general. There are more, but four things that godly mothers do. Okay? The four things. The very first one, first thing, godly mothers, godly mothers, the very first thing is they they relish their young and tenderly nurture them. Now, how do I know? First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. It says, But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. Isaiah 66, 13. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. So again, here you have it, comparing it. I'm going to comfort you just like a mama comforts you. I mean, you see it there biblically. Psalm. 131.2, surely I have calm and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Secondly, godly mothers recognize that children are a great gift and reward and thus view them and treat them as such. Genesis 4.1. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Psalm 127.3, it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. So thirdly, not only are godly, godly mothers relish their young and their children and nurtured for them, not only do they recognize them as a gift and, and so, but thirdly, godly mothers instruct their children in God's truth. Godly mothers entrust, instruct their children in God's truth. Here we have Proverbs 1.8, and it says, My dear son, I mean my son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother. Proverbs 6.20, my son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Repeat it again in case you missed it a couple of chapters earlier. Proverbs 31.1, the words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. So you see that their moms are teachers. They teach us the truth. Deuteronomy 6.4-7, we heard this earlier in the awesome baby dedication. And look what it says here. 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Verse 6, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. And then you have verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. So again, you see that when you need to teach. Second Timothy 1.5. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Louis and your mother Eunice, I am persuaded it is in you also. Mamas, grandmas, understand you could do amazing things. Your child can be the very next leader of a church or something like that, carry out a ministry, but you must teach them the truths of the Lord. Even in Bible times, we get to see that pass on from grandma to mama and into him, this young minister. Number four, and lastly, Godly mothers are willing and faithful to discipline their children. Come on now. Can't say amen. Say ouch. But just in case we need to see the word of God to confirm this. Proverbs 29.15 The rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 13.24, he who spares his rod hates his son. Understand, this is not but, oh, poor kid. No, this means that if you really love him, you will not spare the rod. The Bible says you must hate your child if you spare the rod. But he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. Ah, my mom should have read these verses. I'm so glad she didn't. Proverbs 23, 13. Do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. Understand. Understand. That we are ambassadors. We are trusted first and foremost with the ministry of reconciliation. Secondly, we are to have command over the earth and everything in it, all living things. And especially when it comes into our children, we have a huge responsibilities. And mothers, I just want to say thank you because you rock. And I want to say thank you so much. However, I do want also to acknowledge and have a, a, a prayer for mothers. And I had to write it because, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm a little bit hyper at times. And when I get excited, I forget things. So I wrote it down because I want to make sure I don't neglect anybody. But this is my prayer for mothers. To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prods, and tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and, and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. 
To those who experience abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who live through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you long for it to be. To those who step-parent, we walk with you in these complex paths. To those who envision lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have emptier nests this upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those who place children up for adoption, we, we, com we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprised, we anticipate with you. And so for all of you ladies out there, you know, we just want to say may the Lord bless you and keep you. Let us go ahead and pray. Father God, this is a very unique task, this concept of, of being ambassadors. Lord, sometimes we take the things that you've given us for granted and we don't even recognize that it is a gift for you, but yet you're the one in, in charge of all of this. You own all of this and you've told us, look after him. Just as you told Peter, tend my sheep and feed my lamb. And, you know, you are telling us, look after the earth while you occupy until I come again. And when I come back, I'm going to ask you, what have you done with what I've entrusted you with? Father God, I also ask for a special blessing over all of the ladies. We recognize that some, you know, don't, don't want to be married and don't want to have babies. And, and, that, and that is all right. You know, this is something that it's, Paul calls it a, a, a gift. I pray that you have the gift of singleness, and that's all right. But for those who have yearned to have children and are unable to, Lord, please be with them. For those who have gained and lost mothers or have gained and lost children, we mourn with them as well. Overall, Father God, this Mother's Day and, and, and this week and, and this time of year, we remember them all. And if anybody here has children like the way that I used to be, Lord, please give some extra love to these mothers so that they're able to attend to their kids and continue to train them in your ways. May you bless us and keep us now. That is my prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let everyone here say, Amen. Let us go ahead and stand up for our closing song as the praise team comes forward.